Hi, welcome to episode six of uh, season four of our podcast. I'm Mary Abazia, and with me is Tom Spitali. Hi, Tom. Hello, Mary. And I have Sean Wellham across the pond. Hey, Sean. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, good. So we've been focusing on trends and, um, you know, what are things that that you need to know um, in order to to be prepared for these or even take advantage of these trends in some way. And, you know, most of our focus is on B2B, uh, business to business. Um, So we're focusing on these mega trends. And Sean had mentioned in one of our first episodes that, you know, they're outside of a company's control. And then Tom always likes to say, say, but you have to be able to manage them anyway. So um, what is the trend of the day, Tom? Today's trend is account-based marketing. Uh, this, we've all agreed, is not a new idea. The idea of aligning marketing and sales strategy to treat Large clients as as markets of one to sort of coordinate a company's efforts around that client. This is this is a an idea that's been around a long time, but it is a trend in that more and more companies are becoming focused on on account based marketing. For one, the technology that supports um, coordinating a large organization's offer to another large organization. These, these technology tools are getting more um, accessible to, to companies, and so more and more companies are using them. And the impact of account-based marketing to customers, uh, where a, a company's complex value proposition begins to be coordinated uh, for that client so that the, the client can make sense of all of that, well, companies are becoming more and more demanding of that kind of coordination from their suppliers and from their vendors. So this is a, a, a hot trend, not a new trend, and we wanted to talk about it today. Yeah, I want to add why I think that a company is demanding it. Um, and one of the reasons is, is that um, it's not just, you know, when you work with uh, medical, it's not just the surgeon making the decision or you know, in um, if oil and gas, it's not just the the rig manager. It's um, you have procurement. You have all kinds of different groups that are that are having a heavier um, part of the decision. So it does take an account to make some of these decisions, and they're demanding it because they're making those types of decisions internally, and and they're looking for it from people that they're going to do business with. I think, Sean, what do you think? Yeah, well, it was interesting when I saw them. I, mean, I do what, what a lot of us do this time of year, and you, you get these lists of you know t- t- hot trends in marketing or what 2020 is going to bring us and all that sort of stuff. And, and I saw this, actually, it's probably a year ago, but I saw ABM as a new topic. And I was thinking, right, I've got to stay current as we have to. So I thought I'm going to look into this ABM thing. And when I read about it, I was like, well, duh, this is kind of you know key account management to some extent. And I guess it's more than that, but it has that root, doesn't it? So when I, I looked at it, I thought it's always been true if you have a large account, maybe with several locations, with different parts of your business servicing different customers in those locations, then of course you want to try and coordinate and coordinate the offer and make sure that you're getting the maximum out of the potential of that account. And we used to do that traditionally with a key account manager or similar, and they would be responsible for coordinating maybe more typically the sales activity. Um, but the idea of adding the marketing to that make, makes perfect sense. And I think as Tom was saying, you know, now we have the, the, the tools, the techniques, and the, and the technology and the data 
to extract information that we can apply in creating compelling account-based strategies. I think that's what's driving it, it forward. As Tom said, not so much a new idea, more of a, a reinvigorated idea. And the other thing I wanted to say, it's also a counterpoint to this massive focus on 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 reach, on on social media, on digital advertising, on sponsored search. We've we've gone so broad with our our marketing generally, this is almost like a, a reversion to the mean of coming back to say, no, we've got to focus on these big accounts as well. So I think it's got some, uh, a lot of trends coming together on this one is, is how I see it. Well, one of the things that I, I see in addition to what you guys are, are saying that's driving this trend is that we are all overwhelmed with messaging and tasks and whatnot. I mean, email email inboxes are filled with hundreds of messages. We've got meeting after meeting after meeting. So many things that are vying for our, our attention. And simplification is huge. When a company can simplify matters for us, it's great. And in the B2B, the complex B2B world that we largely operated in, everything is, is about as complex as you can imagine, which is counter to this trend. You have a lot of companies that sell to an individual company a series of different but complementary um, value propositions. And quite literally, the salespeople for those companies those companies representing these different parts of the value proposition, even though they all complemented each other, or even though they're all trying to sell the, this, this, the, you know, the same overall result, even though uh, they're, they're talking to some of the same decision makers at the company, the salespeople for these different parts of the value proposition pass each other in the parking lot. And it's left to the client to kind of piece together a single company's value proposition often. And this is just totally unacceptable. It was always a pain in the past, but it's becoming totally un unacceptable uh, on behalf of, of clients. They are looking at the, the, the supplier and saying, why do I have to figure this out myself? You know, why don't you come as one entity and tell me how all of this works together for my benefit? And I guess some recent surveys that we've looked at in, in um, market intelligence tells us that companies that are figuring this out uh, are doing very, very well, actually better than companies that aren't figuring it out. And that's another part of it. Yeah. You, I think you're right. You know, when I think about clients that we're working with that um, are doing well, it, it goes back to them treating that, you know, you typically you think of sales as more of a tactic or a piece of it. But to your point, Tom, you know, um, if they take a strategic view of how they're going to approach their customer, but by the way, it's not just using the sales group, it's using social media. And so they can keep it simple, but they need to be strategic in how they're going to, to coordinate. And that's what these, these great companies are doing is, is they're, they're using a couple of key tools to say, you know, who, who um, are our priorities on the customers that we're trying to focus on? What is it we're trying to say to them? And then, by the way, um, you know, how are we measuring our success? Um, are we actually doing the things that we thought we were going to do with that coordinated effort? And segmentation is always the heart of it. You know, that, that always is one big piece of that 
sales strategy or, you know, bigger account strategy. Maybe that's what we should think about because I, I guess nobody would probably be surprised in, in the concept of account-based marketing. It, it makes perfect intuitive sense. There's the the big questions, I guess, the practical question is, is we just touched on there, is, is, is who in terms of which businesses fit this this approach best you know what type of business do you have to be customers do you have to be selling to for account-based marketing what are some of the the, the the key indicators that this might be a good approach and the second thing is the how you know of uh, of, of our tools and some of the, the methods that we've talked about on previous podcasts what what sort of tools do we see most applicable in this sort of space start off with the first one which sort of customers benefit from this where what sort of customers would you want to have to make this top of your list of 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 marketing approaches? Yeah, it would be, the, and I, I think it's the segment of, I get, I'm going to answer first, Tom, and you can answer, but I think it's um it's a segment of customers um, that you have that um, make more of a decentralized decision where there's a lot of, you know, it's disparate. There's a lot of different people that are weighing in on decisions so that the, the characteristics of the way that they make these decisions. It's not just one person in the organization. So that's that's a characteristic of one of the segments that probably would be more appropriate for this type of approach. Tom, what do you think? I think any uh, B2B in, uh, that sells a range of, of products into particular a- accounts in, in which, you know, that B2B is organized you know, around specific parts of the offer, but the end client actually buys, you know, several parts of that offer and therefore requires coordination amongst product lines within the supplier. I don't know if that made any sense or not. (laughs) It does. You know, I I think I'm going to go answering my own question here. Building on what you guys have said, I think it's also, you know, when you've got not just a a very – dispersed decision-making group where people buy in different locations, maybe for different departments, but you also have those, those departments with different needs, you know? So if you're selling a product and, and you, you want to create maybe an, a, a specific positioning or value proposition around some kind of efficiency, maybe for the finance department uh, or, or the maintenance department, or maybe some sort of how it enhances their offer to their marketing department how it fits with their strategic vision with the the C-suite and so on. So I guess if you have a lot of a lot of individual departments, each with a slightly different take on what's what outcome they're looking for, then this would work also as you can coordinate and communicate in in specific ways to specific people. So you need that that breadth of of customer um, roles and functions, I guess, to make this this really sync. Yeah, and I uh, to um, go a little bit deeper into that, the question always is, oh, that sounds pretty good, Sean, but how do I really do that? Um, right. <laughs> that was, now, that, in all fairness, that was my second question. I was, I was just doing, I like to do the easy bits. I like to do the, the, the who, who should we talk to? And then right over to you, Mary. Now, how the heck do we do this? Theoretically, it's wonderful. But I do think that, um, you know, one of our, our favorite ways to get at that is the Vietnam card sort. Um, that that Tom put together. Um, the reason I I like it, I've seen companies do it where they bring in those different departments to one room and have them do the card sort collectively, which is kind of an advanced version of a one to one on that. But what the beauty of that is is you get 
to see firsthand how these different departments are talking to each other so you can hear where there are different sets of needs and where collectively they they agree and say, yeah, that is one of our biggest issues within our company that we need to address. So you solve a whole lot of problems and you really get to the heart of it when you have a Vietnam card sort with a group of people at one of those companies. And we should make the point that the Vietnam card sort is available on all good video channels. Tom, where is it? Where's the Vietnam card? Is it on our website? I should know this. I know. Go to YouTube and type in Vietnam card sort and you will see it there. Five, five minute video. Really useful technique, as Mary said, because it gets you to look at the, the needs, if you like, or the outcomes that, that different customers are looking for and the priorities they put on them, which is the essence of, of, of what we do. Tom, what else can we do from our toolkit that will make this, this account-based marketing more than just a, an idea? Well, let me first say that I think we are talking about two different types of situations. I think we've mentioned them both. I think they both qualify for account-based marketing. One, one and, and they're both complex. One is where you're selling a product where there is a multiple decision makers. I think that's what we just dis- described and where the Vietnam card sort helps. You get a, a sense for where each functional area weighs in and, and how to, to, to maybe you know, sell differently to the, those different functional areas. I think the other complex situation is one that I alluded to earlier where there, there might be the same decision maker or set of, a small set of decision makers at a company who are making decisions about multiple products from the same supplier. And that supplier ends up you know, sending different salespeople who cross paths in the parking lot to, to sell okay, uh, to, to the same small group of decision makers. And I think, the, so to answer the, the original question to you, Sean, segmentation is, is really great for organizing uh, in that second uh, situation. Uh, I worked with a company that had potentially about 130 different services that they could sell to their manufacturing clients. And it was like a free-for-all. You know, even if you had a product manager that represented 10 of those services, there were still 13 different or service managers. There's still 13 different of them. And they were all kind of taking their shot at the clients at, at different times. But by segmenting the end user, the client, the type of company that they were calling on, that company was able to go from 130-ish potential services to, you know, 10 or so that were appropriate for that type of a client. And then they were able to kind of organize who gets to, to, to go into the one sales call where, you know, several of those services are pitched at once rather than 10 or 12 or 15 or 50 different times to the client. So segmentation is so important in these complex situations where you have a lot that you could sell to a client, but you shouldn't talk to that client about all of that. You should talk to them about a subset that's appropriate for them. And then, of course, you need to do the hard work of, of coordinating that you know, internally at your company so that the, the, you know, the, the right people go and the wrong people don't and y'all go at once. And you know, it's not easy. <laughs> that, that was a that was a double whammy. You increased efficiency and effectiveness at the same time. So go segmentation. Um, I know time's running on, but I also want to throw in the influencer map. I know it's kind of what probably one of our favorite tools certainly is mine. And and that is um, a, a really good fit for this sort of account-based marketing. Rather than looking at the broader market, you, you, your influencers are all sort of under the same roof or at least under the same corporate roof, if not in the same location. And 
and that can really give insights too into terms of, of deciding where you focus your effort. You know, that, that could be something that could bring to account-based marketing really effectively. I totally agree. You know, I mean, that you have to. I, I, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to do this without doing that. I mean, you have to sort out who those players are. Um, so I, yeah, I think you're right. The influencer map. I want to mention one thing that I found um, is social media is so important. And um, for us, for for clients like you guys, I mean, to have a coordinated effort, um, a best practice is to make sure that you look like you're coordinated. And I want to give a shout out to uh, one of our colleagues that does LinkedIn, um, Sandra Long. She specializes in helping to make sure that that if a client goes to your site and looks at some of the people that they may be working with, that it doesn't look like you're all from different companies. You know, there's a, a, a thread that looks similar throughout uh, and it, it seems minor, but it really is key because LinkedIn is such an important part of that selling process more and more. So, you know, take a look at you and your colleagues uh, LinkedIn and see, you know, how coordinated they are. And, and if not, you, you probably need to, to do a bit, bit of work there as well. Tom, any closing thoughts? Yeah, it's all about coordination, I think. You know, I think that's mostly what we're talking about here is, you know, how do I coordinate around um, understanding different influencers in an individual count? How do I coordinate amongst the complex value proposition that perhaps your own company offers? You know, how do you figure out which of the subset of what you could offer should be offered? How do you coordinate the visit to the customer so that you're joined up and you present a single story that makes uh, perfect sense and the kind of, um, and that's the kind of coordination that customers want. Yeah. And Sean, for you? Um, simple idea, well, well used idea, effective, but it can be brought to life with, uh, with, with tools and techniques. You need, you need a plan for the plan. You need to, to not just accept the concept of the idea, but use some of the tools that we've talked about and actually create, uh, an actionable plan for this. So it, it's all, it's all in the doing, um, but it's uh, it, it's powerful. Great. Well, um, as always, we we hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. And um, if you want to give us any other topics, you can uh, send us emails or go to the accidentalmarketer.com site. And if you click on the podcast button, you can give us ideas there. And you can look at any other podcasts that um, that have been recorded that you want to check out. So thank you very much. Stay tuned.